0: Discoveries podcast, where a group of female educators exploring edtech, femtech, and culture projects all around the world. Today, Diverse Discoveries is hosted by Uliana, that's me, a freelance educational content creator and content leader at Practicum, and Katya, an independent researcher and producer in culture. Katya specializes in museums. Today, we welcome Natasha Kiselnikova and Emma Turchenko, creators of Take Care, a personalised solution for women's mental health. Emma, Natasha, hi, thanks for joining us today. Please, uh, can you introduce yourself in a way that is important to you? Um,
1: Okay, Uh, I can start. I am Natasha. I'm a PhD in psychology and researcher in the field of the effectiveness of uh, health and practices, particularly in psychotherapy and uh, psychological counseling. And also, I developed different applied projects and educational projects in mental health. That's my field of expertise.
2: And mind you? Yeah, so I'm Emma. Uh, I'm still not a PhD. I'm just a PhD candidate, but also Master in Management and Finance. And actually, I work as a business analyst and investor relations professional, helping different companies to recognize their value and formulate it for different audiences, I'd say. Yes, and also uh, working for this amazing startup we're going to
0: discuss today. I should say that the startup, it's called Take Care. It's uh, about mental health for women. So what are your roles in take care?
1: I'm uh, one of co-founders. And as I am a psychologist, I'm responsible for the product in general and for, for the content of our product. For, for now, I think I can be called a CPO. But yeah, you know, <laughs> all startup, our startup has quite horizontal structure and uh, each member uh, yeah, should, should do uh, many different tasks so, but but basically yeah but basically i am responsible for the product
2: i'm again not a co-founder but uh, i work as a chief commercial officer uh, responsible for more like investor positioning partnership uh, partnerships uh, go-to-market strategy and all other fun stuff yeah sounds really fun it's just, it's just fun it's just, it, it is indeed fun, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: can you describe your startup in one sentence? In one sentence, it's uh, a mobile application for improving women's mental health. Perfect.
3: Uh, how did you meet?
1: First time when, <laughs> when we met uh, was in Moscow. Uh, but the reason uh, was uh, Emma and I, we got a achieving scholarship uh, it's a um, like scholarship from the British government for leaders from different fields and we got the scholarship and then we went to London <laughs> to to do our master's degrees. I, I did my master's in uh, education power and social change and Emma and management and finance. And how
0: how
2: long did it take? Like one year? Just one year. Yeah, education in Great Britain is really quick, brief. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and expensive. It was a brief moment, uh, very expensive. Not not for us though. Uh, and we're thankful about it, but yeah, yeah it was. It was a lot of fun. So we lived with Natasha together uh, in one very crowded apartment, uh, which is a very uh, normal thing for London, I'd say. Yeah, and just, you know, uh, we went to the same uni, different uh, uh, programs, as Natasha said. Uh, But yeah, we kind of, you know, uh, we are like a puzzle, I guess. Uh, We just complement each other in different ways, and that's how we, you know, uh, started to think about doing something together. uh, And where my expertise could be useful for Natasha's project. So, yeah, and here we are now doing that. Uh, it was not a very long journey, I'd say uh, two years, uh, but, uh, yeah, it was very intense. It was very fun. It was it was interesting. The first place where we, we met with Natasha, she said Moscow, and, yes, it was Moscow, but just to, <laughs> to be fancier, I'd say it was residence of British Ambassador in Russia. Yeah, so it was a very fancy place. Then it was not a very fancy apartment, and,
3: uh, yeah quite long journey and all of this happened not so long ago like a few years ago two so years mm-hmm. and uh, maybe you can tell us more about the moment that you decided to start take care and maybe it's not still so clear for me which idea was it maybe like you discussed it together or someone bring it to the table and Maybe there's some other people involved who we still didn't mention. What was the situation? uh, Actually,
1: this story started uh, much, much earlier. (laughs) All the things uh, happened gradually. Uh, because first, uh, my co-founders uh, in Russia and I developed projects uh, based on chatbots uh, in, on social media, Telegram, which is very popular in Russia. And uh, yeah, we developed different projects that help people solve various uh, life problems, uh, like setting goals, uh, improving communication in couples and practicing conscious pleasure, preventing depressions, and so on. It was um, uh, quite a uh, quite, uh, wide range uh, of projects. Based on this project, uh, it became clear for us that our main audience uh, uh, is women. Uh, because uh, among our users, there were about uh, 85% of them. And uh, later... <laughs> I I would say eight months ago, <laughs> uh, when we started discussing the project with Emma, uh, we came up with the idea that uh, this is not just a coincidence and uh, there should be a reason for this. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, that we uh, we decided that we should focus uh, on women's needs, uh, especially since we we are women <laughs> and we understand them <laughs> very well. Yeah. That's why how it happened.
3: And is it always was the app situation? Like you're going to gradually go from bot to the app or it's something which you came up with later? Uh, Yeah, mostly we decided to go for for
1: developing uh, the app because uh, people in Europe and in the UK in particular don't use Telegram so actively. Also, recently I graduated one business program and uh, there were a lot of people from Spain and from Latin America and it turned out that there people know uh, Telegram and they use it and like it, so maybe (laughs) possibly we will um, continue to use uh, chatbots uh, because it's much cheaper. I mean, the development of uh, applications. Uh, But if we want to go uh, to English-speaking market, I think we just need to develop an app.
3: And how many people now are there in your team, like, besides two of you? So We uh, have Three main
1: founders who stood at the origins of the project. Me and our CTO and uh, our CPO and CEO in, in, one, in one person. There is Emma, who leads uh, the development of our project in the UK. We also have contractors, a wonderful, absolutely wonderful team of developers uh, from Ukraine who worked with us and developed uh, all our platforms for chatbots. Yeah, also we have an illustrator and a specialist in cultural adaptation of digital projects who worked uh, in Russia and uh, who adapted uh, Snapchat from English to Russian. Also, she is a specialist uh, in cultural communication and we, yeah, we c- collaborate <laughs> uh, to make our text and uh, our practices in uh, our product more culturally
3: adapted. <laughs> wow, that sounds super interesting! And um, following these uh, adaptations and audiences in different uh, countries' uh, situation. Uh, Maybe you can describe a common user of Take Care or maybe some type of users. Uh, Where are they from? What language did they speak? Like if it's only women or there is like some other option, who is this person? In our investor
2: presentation, (laughs) uh, we state that our target audience is uh, women uh, aged uh, approximately 25-45. It's just because, uh, of course, elderly women and uh, like more young women, uh, they they are a bit different than just, you know, this, this mainstream uh, range that we uh, kind of work with. Uh, so, yeah, we just decided to focus on just one range. Um, and uh, she uh, most importantly lives in the UK, but we also plan to expand on different European markets. Uh, So, uh, of course, it will be all tailored to to these markets uh, when we get there. And women uh, that especially need support to to make time for self-care, to refocus on their needs for relaxation, enjoyment, uh, life fulfillment, all this stuff. Of course, this is very important that uh, these are women who actively are very interested in uh, psychological practices, uh, who probably visit psychotherapists or just think about it, uh, use some meditation apps. Um, And, of course, uh, uh, very important to say that women probably uh, are better market than men. Uh, Of course, if we speak business here, because uh, women are more inclined to get uh, professional help in terms of psychology, psychotherapy. Uh, And also, of course, they are more, like, uh, inclined to speak about their feelings, to discuss it with someone else, uh, which essentially makes women better market for uh, such kind of apps. And, yeah, she's she's, she's just a woman, you know. Uh, She may have, like, very cool career in marketing or science or whatever. Uh, she can be housewife, uh, look after three kids. Uh, she can do both if she wants to, if she can. Uh, I probably couldn't. Um, so, yeah, she may be in, in very good relationships. She may be in an abusive relationship. She may deal with some something else. She may be a carer. She probably has, like, you know, amazing parents or, or maybe, I don't know, um, some some other difficult or not difficult situation in her life uh which she deals with uh but yeah uh, but no matter what life brings to her she's still a woman and she still you know has her own needs and uh wants to improve her life to to make it more fulfilled more just just better you know perfect it's like something for us yeah yeah i think you you fall perfectly (laughs) except living in uk yeah but you know it's still something uh, that you can explore but of course uh, we have to focus on some countries which we know now a bit better than than we don't but uh, to be honest we think about uh, russian speaking users
1: and russian women who live abroad uh, because we understand that they uh, experience uh, like double double pressure double stress uh, while they are in a different, different environment, different, different uh, culture. So we we are thinking about it, but we can't uh, like d- distribute our attention.
2: Yeah, we just need to focus on something first. And then, of course, we're going to expand. And, of course, uh, Russian-speaking women are a very important part of our um, first promotion and second of, of our, I'd say, value proposition, because... Yeah, as Natasha said, uh, especially during like last one year and a half, <laughs> to put it like this, uh, we are uh, facing such a, such a pressure every day, uh, especially women, because everything else is still uh, still with us or all, all our other challenges we have. Yeah. Um, and when it's, you know, mixed with living abroad, it's just uh, sometimes it's just very, it's very tough to, to live with. So, um, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, we will expand to, to many countries in Europe. It's just it's just a matter of starting somewhere.
3: Perfect. But choosing English, it's kind of a life hack because many people from different spaces and places speaking it, knowing it. I use it every day. So something you can have devouts well, being excluded from the big western europe situation oh yeah absolutely absolutely
2: but of course we we uh we have to localize the app uh, as well when we
3: have chance i'm thinking about your personal motivation in this project uh, like like maybe big mission because um, in many like startup stories they start to do something that they see the lack of it in their personal life like i don't have something i want to exist but no one still did it so i'm gonna do it was there any this kind of thing the you? because uh obviously it's about psychotherapy but is your app trying to say that psychotherapy is not the only option or maybe it's for some people who cannot afford it or it's some additional form of reflection like your life your goals what is the focus and what do you personally think uh, in like this uh, scenario well so uh, for
2: us it was of course, definitely the case uh, of something that we uh, really wanted to make for for ourselves as well. Of course, it's not enough to start a business, but uh, I think uh, our like deeper uh, deeper motivation definitely comes from it because we are women, uh, obviously. We juggle work, education, relationships, pursuit of entrepreneurial success, uh, as well as adapt to the challenges of life in a different country where we're, where where we are now, and this is a lot. Uh, so of course, we want. Some sort of like toolbox uh helper some something that will help us um you know with that uh maybe as an addition to psychotherapy maybe as a uh, as a substitute, but um I think we can discuss it a bit further as well it's a very interesting topic, yeah um and our personal motivation as well um at least my personal motivation is just because um I do enjoy um just making people happy <laughs> I know this maybe sounds a bit cheesy uh but yeah, it's just life is too tough uh, for ev- for everyone. Even even for someone who doesn't have like you know the same challenges as we are. Maybe someone who is perceived as as, as a person with a easy, nice, uh, great life. But I'm not sure that this person really exists. So yeah, li- life is just tough enough for everyone. And uh, if I get a chance to make it a bit easier, uh, of course, yeah, just just for a bit uh, for someone, uh, for some like for a few people, I usually. Try to use this chance, and this is as well the case with uh with the app. I can add
1: uh, some some reasons uh, because as uh, I'm a psychologist, I know very well that psychotherapy is a very g- good and very effective practice, but it's not affordable to everyone. The, a lot of people still have like stereotypes and barriers, different kind of uh, kind of them. And uh, not everyone is ready to go to a psychotherapist right now. And um, psychotherapy requires a lot of time and a lot of efforts. And we want to fill the gap <laughs> for people who are not ready to go with psychotherapist right now or uh, already uh, visit a psychotherapist, but. Uh, they need some instrument, some help in between sessions. A tool which do not take a lot of your time, you know, uh, just 10-15 minutes per day. But it helps uh, you to maintain your condition, to maintain your mood, uh, <laughs> your ha- habits uh, in mental health care. It's just uh, one, one more helping instrument. I think it's important that it, it might make uh, a psychological hub uh, more accessible for a wider range of people, for a wider uh, audience.
2: Yeah, that's true. But also uh, the messages that we We really don't want people uh, who can afford therapy, for example, uh, and really want to do therapy Uh, to substitute it with only our app. Of course, they should go for therapy. It should be like the main uh, thing for them, but they can also, uh, you know, get additional help uh, with this app. Uh, This is like the first thing. And uh, second thing is uh, that uh, people who really cannot afford psychotherapy or maybe they have like some other barriers, uh, which can be like many. uh, We also want them, you know, to have some, sort of support and safe space uh, they can use uh, for them maybe it's not as good as psychotherapy but it's still something it still uh, will be of help Um,
0: it sounds like a good first step for someone who maybe is afraid of therapy or has never tried it
2: yeah 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 absolutely just you know to learn uh, main terms of like mental health conversations and you know to understand the concepts and then probably people will be Uh, less afraid of uh, going to an actual therapist.
0: Let's imagine that uh, I'm a woman. Uh, I'm your target audience. I'm 30 years old. I'm a British woman. I have a job. I have a family. I'm always stressed. Uh, I cannot say no. I take a lot of tasks and uh, I cannot meet the deadlines and I have anxiety and I don't have time for a therapist. (laughs) I cry probably. I, I have my phone. I open The Take Care app and what do I see there? What kind of support
1: can I get like instantly? That's a good question. Okay, first of all, uh, if you open our Imaginable app (laughs) or our chat, first of all, you will see uh, different sections uh, with self practices on topics uh, that concern our users the most. We we know their concerns: stress, uh, work life balance, anxiety, not enough rest, everything that you're uh, listed. You can choose the topic you need and read the short information, like um, professional psychological information about it and try a mini practice. It's really a very small practice. As I mentioned, it doesn't require a lot of uh, your time, efforts or special skills. And our idea is to... um, Make uh, taking care of yourself and of your mental health habit a regular behavior that doesn't take much time, but due to regularity has an effect. Because we know that uh, women, people in general, of course, but women in particular, uh, often complain about being overwhelmed with household chores and with work and caring for family members, for elder relatives and for children and uh, for everyone around them and they just don't have enough time for themselves they forget about themselves so uh, we see our mission to remind you (laughs) as our user uh, to take a break a short break and uh, learn a new practice maybe to remember an old practice that, that you already knew, but forgot about it. Uh, that will improve your condition, maybe U- uplift your mood <laughs> and make uh, your day more pleasant. Because, yeah, we, we, we focus a lot on um, like positive experiences which uh, uh, women can create uh, for themselves during the day, uh, re- directing their attention to pleasant things uh, positive things around them
0: it sounds like uh, if i was that woman it's something that i would like to have on my phone and enjoy and if i was a woman who is who has a lot of money and wants to make an investment i would definitely invest uh how did you how did you raise uh, the
1: money for your project by the way
0: maybe you're still in the process uh, how do you do that
1: We're still in the process, but uh, basically uh, the entire period of uh, the project's existence in Russia, uh, we managed to uh, uh, earn money, enough money, that our project has paid for itself. So we uh, did not need uh, external investments, fortunately. And only last year, we decided to... Uh, make our chatbot more complicated uh, and, uh, to develop the interface uh, uh, like web interface for our project and gamification uh, of the bot uh, we had to invest a, a little bit our own money uh, in IT development because it's obviously the most expensive part of uh, IT project for any project Yeah, yeah but now, now we are looking for investors and funds because uh, you know the development of an app application is a much more expensive process. Uh, uh, we are applying for different uh, accelerators. We hope to find our angel investors or maybe venture funds. So yeah
0: in london or in some other parts of the world as well
1: mostly in london but also maybe in spain because i'm moving to spain soon and maybe we will develop our project into countries it's just a plan
0: <laughs> as far as i know spain is a perfect place for such an app because it's a very feminist country yeah when exactly women think yeah. about their mental health a lot and they use chatbots, yes. as we established earlier, exactly. because they use Telegram. And uh, speaking about uh, mental health issues in the UK and in other countries, uh, did you notice any stigmatization of mental health, especially women, uh, especially female mental health, because you describe take care as a safe space for women. So maybe you noticed something, some negative aspect, some negative views on female mental health in the uk
2: i would say yes and no uh because uh there's a lot going on on official level uh so uh really uk government does a lot for um uh, uh, the of mental health uh, and women's as well uh, and they started doing it like relatively long time ago so uh for example in the 50s there were already a lot of uh, research and talks uh, in the government how to to make uh subject of mental health less stigmatized and uh you know now anti stigma campaigns are a very like a very important uh part of a government agenda uh, but still you know uh official statistics says that its also life experience in the UK says that well, 9 in 10 people with mental health problem are still, like, experiencing some sort of stigma or discrimination based on this criteria. And this is only you know, optimistic assessment of British scientists, uh, which is a devastating number to me because maybe it's just a bit of um, mundane perception uh, from my side, but of course, like, uh, the UK is perceived as a uh, very um, developed, uh, rich country. But, you know, even they still have, like, you know, this, uh, this sort of... Uh, problems, uh, even though they think about it for a few decades by now. Uh, also, as we know, um, current government and previous governments in the UK, they made a lot of commitments on how to destigmatize the subject, but it's still, you know, a lot of things going on. And personally, I work in the UK firm. And so even though uh, we have amazing atmosphere, amazing people, uh, very diverse people, uh, but I still don't see myself, you know, admitting uh, that I have like mental health issues uh, if I had any um, I really don't see the way, um, and I know that many other people feel the same way. There's also like a lot of data on that that people still feel discriminated uh, based on uh, their mental health condition during a hiring process at work. It's just some something that is still not very easily um, admitted by by many people, even in the UK where government is so kind of concerned uh, with the topic. Uh, yeah. Uh, But of course, there's a lot of positive change going on. For example, uh, in the beginning of 21st century, uh, they created like sort of an act uh, um, against discrimination uh, based on uh, mental health health diagnosis. But you know, it's still something. It's it it still works as a best practice. So it's not something that is natural for everyone, for all organizations, for I don't know, uh, sellers of property, for uh, even even you know, uh, on friends and societal level or you know, on a family level is still something that is not being discussed all the times and that is not being discussed openly in, in many cases plus also i think uh, another part of this problem is actually the access to psychotherapy here in the uk uh, that is very difficult uh, mostly financially because it's it's a really expensive thing here and of course the... yeah, everywhere
0: and uh, i can imagine that in london it's like 10 times more yeah, expensive yeah than... it's in any other it's, place. it's really
2: it's yeah it's really the case it can easily be uh, 10 three times more expensive than for example in russia but of course there there are you know projects uh, online projects for example where psychotherapy is cheaper um but still you know there's a lot of things to do it's still not very cheap i'd say it's i don't know i still need to budget <laughs> things like that and uh, th- this is not something that comes very easily financially plus of course we all know that for women Uh, Gender gap still exists uh, uh, in the UK companies as well. Uh, So, of course, women have just less opportunity to pay for psychotherapy. And also wanted to mention, it's maybe my personal touch, to be honest, because uh, I tried to apply for uh, free psychotherapy with the NHS, which is like a kind of government uh, health system, which is like kind of free. It exists on, on tax. Uh, everyone pays, and, uh, well, the queue is just insane, so <laughs> I was waiting for a few months just to get a, you know, first uh, first appointment, it was like um, just filling in some questionnaire about my mental health situation now. Then they put me on hold for a few months as well, and then I missed their call uh, just once, and they kicked me out from, from the queue, uh, so I had to start everything from scratch, uh, which was not very nice, to be honest. So I, I never got it at the end. <laughs> That's a very violent way to
0: treat someone who seeks mental health. Yeah,
2: support. exactly, exactly. And this is relatively new initiative, so uh, they kind of prioritized it. But you know, it doesn't work perfectly, which is also understandable. But yeah, so I I try not to cr- criticize too much, but still, as as you can see uh, from my long speech, there's a lot of work to do. Uh, so, yeah, answering your question, yes and no, you know, many things uh, are, are being done right now. But does it work well? Well, this change really takes time.
0: But at least they started.
2: Yeah.
3: Very important. Like, what is the average uh, price of one psychotherapy session in UK? I need to know the number. <laughs> it's uh, too, too intriguing yeah there's there's actually no average
2: price uh i'd say because uh, you know u k is very like layered country in terms of uh salaries in terms of uh like uh financial position uh there are different niches uh but in london uh like offline psychotherapy uh face to face in a like decent clinic uh i'd say would, would cost uh, eighty one thousand uh no sorry would cost uh eighty one hundred pounds per per hour I'd say this is like normal price uh online services it would be like maybe thirty forty pounds, which is uh better, much better, but still not great expensive one word <laughs> yeah, I mean even for people uh who have decent salary it's it's really thing you need to budget for uh really seriously, especially if you need a uh, uh, more regular psychotherapy, for example, twice uh per, per per week. This is a lot this is a lot
3: I think that this is the reason why people having and making mental health up because there are several already right, and uh, I have downloaded in my own phone some of them. Do you have maybe some ideas? of your own app do you have any specific like unique selling proposition what is the difference between you and other apps maybe you plan to have some offline events or build some community maybe in uk maybe even offline what do you think about it our
1: unique point is that we are going to provide a personalized solution for Women's mental health needs, because as far as we know, there's no uh, an application specifically for women's need. We explore different uh, opportunities to get mental health, uh, like digital solutions, and mostly they focus on you know relaxation practices and on mindfulness training, like meditation, and some of them offer like more complex uh, help and practices and techniques but we are going to offer first of all evidence-based psychological practices uh, which is important for me in particular because i'm a researcher and uh, for me it's important to provide people with evidence-based knowledge and practice not with Sorry, bullshit, (laughs) bullshit, strange uh, practices. And uh, also we are going to include information about local resources for support, like local support groups, for example, and maybe creative spaces where women can get uh, offline help. And uh, we are going to gather all the information in one place. And also our app is going to provide a safe space for women and uh, we are going to develop a community around it where women can share their experience and to support each other, which we consider as a very important thing people can
3: find uh, their mates in mental health. And you use the word personalized experience, uh, uh, as far as I recall it, or oh, how it's going to work? Are you going to use some fancy AI, or it's based on what?
1: Yeah, yeah you, you guessed it. We are thinking about uh, using uh, AI uh, to personalize recommendations. Uh, it's not difficult actually. For now, our all our previous project didn't use it, and uh, all our chatbots worked uh, on algorithms. So it's uh, it was more simple, uh, simple um, scenarios. Uh, but now it 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 has already become easier to integrate uh, applications with uh, AI and in particular recommendation systems. So, yeah, we are going to use it based on personal preferences. And actually, we tried to do it even in our chatbots when we asked users uh, to leave uh, like feedback to evaluate uh, different uh, practices, different mini tasks, which we... Uh, offered uh, in our chatbots and uh, based on the user's preferences we uh, knew which practices people like more Uh, but we didn't have functionality in our chatbots to personalize uh, uh, these recommendations Uh, but yeah now with uh, uh, GPT (laughs) everything is possible
2: yeah, and I would say that uh, this word "personalized" is the key word. Actually, it's, it's very important because, uh, for example, uh, I personally use a uh, mental health app. Uh, oddly enough, uh, uh, that comes with my uh, work health insurance uh, in the UK, and so so I, I I'm a user, and uh, I think it does a decent job actually, but it lacks so many things I need. Uh, so it, it it really doesn't cover uh, women specific topics topics, for example uh i work in finance which is like very do- very male dominated field and i really want to know how to navigate it uh being a woman and how to you know to build my career in somewhere where like men's opinions are more important uh still uh so yeah but of course i cannot uh, find this answer from from the app i currently use because it has like only uh general advice general uh like tests and uh other like very simple gamification as well. So uh, I still feel that I kind of uh, talk with algorithm questionnaire uh, that kind of asks me to to fill out some some basic uh, things about me, and then they will provide me an answer, which is still great. Which is still something. It's it's uh, it's better than nothing. It really helps me. But uh, yeah, it's just um, um, I I don't feel that it's personalized. I don't feel that it's. Uh, uh, some sort of my friend that this is some sort of my helper, some something that really like wants to help me. I know it's, it's and I don't think that it's an insane task, even though we speak about uh, not not about an actual person, it's about um application. Uh, but still, I think it should be more like some sort of a uh, personalized solution. yeah as we said a few a few times here.
3: And did you tell, if I catch that right, that your insurance covers uh, some sort of app subscription yes uh, so uh, of course uh, uh, the apps
2: like like the one that we want to create uh, they don't exist <laughs> but uh, uh, it, but but there are some things that are a bit alike uh, that exist on the market uh, so I currently use um an app that really comes with my house insurance as as a subscriber of this insurance I can I can download the app uh, and it uses the um, uh, co- cognitive behavioral therapy uh, approach, which can be uh, laid out uh, as, a, as some sort of test or some sort of simple exercise. So it's it's not a very, um, I'd say, um, maybe d- d- deep approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and uh yeah, basically what I do in this app is that I, I provide some answers about my uh current mood and current situation, how I feel like uh it uh, suggests me something uh that probably can help me. Uh I do some sort of like very simple game uh where I, I feel engaged, but to a very certain points. So at some point I just switch off because it's not engaging because uh I, I don't tell how it's helping. Even though it of course it's helping. Uh so uh I, I don't want to say that it's something not useful. Uh it does the job as I said. It's just maybe not very you know, I still need to find time for that. Uh and I don't I don't perceive it uh, this activity as fun and as something that is tailored specifically for me, which makes it a bit like, you know, it's a bit boring for me to use it. Uh even though I understand it's useful, that I need to use it. Um but yeah, th- there there is just number of things that can be improved, and of course it's yeah it's not something female oriented. So I really like some topics, uh, quite basic ones, uh, about like women's needs and
3: and uh, yeah some problems. So yeah, and generally I'm generally amused to the fact that you can use your insurance as the way of covering some sort of subscription because I've never ever heard of it. And for me, it could be super helpful because uh, I'm having, like, very expensive insurance, I believe. But it's really not super easy to use it because it's not really fitting to my daily situations as a person. And if it's something that happens in UK, maybe if you could choose to spend this money on this app. So it's some sort of special market even for you, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. This market exists. This market is growing, uh, which is why we're there partly. <laughs> yeah, of course, this, the, the, uh, all, all you said, um, it's all correct. But it's also, you know, very UK thing, I guess, uh, to have some sort of app or uh, maybe again chatbot or something. Uh, you know, not face-to-face solution because they they just really like. Solutions like that, like like that, partly because of the cues uh, to the uh, government health system, where you cannot just really easily get this one-to-one uh, appointment with basically anyone with any doctor, not only psychologist. So yeah, this is quite popular here.
3: I'm totally catching this vibe that the real people are too expensive in modern time, and everyone are trying to use like AI, who's based on your like facial create some uh, endless videos with prepared texts and you do nothing just scan you, your face and these videos are producing by themselves and obviously you don't have to pay this person this much like recording this much giving this much like some zoom meetings or presentations and just like uh, some Crazy situations using this uh, modern technologies.
2: Yeah, but of course we rely a lot. Like ninety percent, uh, we rely on uh, real psychological expertise and evidence-based practices. AI can be a friend uh, in uh, some some sort of personalization uh, tailoring, uh, but of course it won't. It will never replace uh, like real. Uh, Psychological knowledge, uh, which we're going to implement, and where Natasha is a uh, uh, really great uh, expert. So yeah,
3: yeah, and like following this whole situation question, for example, talking about mental health apps. Uh, when you install it, you have like dozen of warnings. Like this is not medical advice. This is not something you should follow as, you know, something is instructions. For actually doing something and if something happens anything happened to you better go to the doctor uh, and. Uh, uh, I'm not sure like you have some your answer for it, but i'm genuinely interested like what is the border like you kind of supporting person through these technology, through the phone, through the APP but uh, should there be some sort of instruments inside this communication there you maybe should advise this person like maybe person checked box some sort of like i don't want to leave for a few months and uh, like okay there's some sort of uh, graphic going uh, of some i don't know negative uh, perspective for it so maybe you should do something about it I mean, it's a whole topic, I guess, like the medicine, telemedicine, modern technologies. Uh, What is the border as you see it? Uh, That's a really good and interesting question
1: because uh, diagnostic of mental health issues uh, via via digital instruments uh, is developing very, very well. And it's Started developing earlier than digital mental health. And uh, for now, we have, for example, some uh, like AI, uh, AI algorithms uh, which uh, can recognize uh, first signs of depression by analyzing people's speech, uh, uh, both like speech. Uh, writing and <laughs> uh oral. And uh, we have such instruments. And uh, theoretically, it's impossible. To, uh, it, it's possible. <laughs> it, it's possible to integrate it with uh, apps uh, and uh, like offer people offer people to fill out some uh, questionnaires and uh, to give them advice to to go to a specialist. Uh, For now, we are not going to implement this uh, function in our application because it's quite a big responsibility to diagnose uh, mental health problems. Uh, But uh, it's for sure that we are going to warn people that it's not a substitute uh, for professional help. It's not a substitute. Uh, for visiting a psychiatrist or for visiting a psychotherapist. Uh, it's just a uh, like helping tool that makes help more accessible right now uh, and to maybe help uh, prevent you and uh, like treat the mild cases, uh, which is really... really possible to treat in the early stage and uh, many studies show that it's really more effective both from an economic and therapeutic point of view to start treating in the early stage. But of course for more severe cases uh, we will recommend users to seek help from specialists and uh, we are going to integrate uh, our application with the like recommendation services and with uh, particular experts. Actually, even in the case, there are a lot of uh, online platforms about Emma Todas, uh, uh, which provide provide people with uh, online consultations. Uh, so we can make an integration with them and uh, just redirect our users, in okay. case they, they need professional help. You mentioned that
0: your team is international. You have people from different countries. Uh, do you have any specific um, team culture? Maybe some, I don't know, um, offline activities to, to keep the, the friendly atmosphere? Uh, maybe Maybe some rules or values that you share in your team? Yes, that's true.
1: (laughs) Over over the last year, uh, all our co-founders and team members uh, moved to different countries and uh, uh, one of our co-founders lives uh, in Israel now, one of them lives in Georgia, Uh, I lived in the UK, so (laughs) yeah, we we work fully remotely and uh, that's uh, sometimes it might be challenging, you know, <laughs> because it's more difficult to maintain this feeling of connection. But uh, I think we we manage to do it, and uh, b- mostly because uh, our main value, uh, always was and still <laughs> uh, is, uh, caring for people, and uh, we like adhere this in all our projects and within our team as well we are very attentive to each other and uh, uh, always uh, try to understand our need our needs and uh, uh, don't uh, put much pressure even if we want to, develop our project faster and more effective <laughs> in a more effective way uh, but we always remember that people uh, are in the first place and uh, I think the second our strength uh, is the openness of communication because uh, we really think that it's important uh, that everyone trust each other and feel safe and uh, any problem can be discussed openly, calmly, and nobody judges uh, <laughs> the other team members. People join the new team members, our um, contractors, always uh, join us uh, if they share these failures. It's really important for us to work in a friendly, uh, friendly and open atmosphere.
0: And uh, do you have smaller teams in your big team, like uh, design department uh, i t department? Oh, not really like not really. I think it even it sounds so dusty, like like a big corp with different departments.
1: No 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 yeah it, it, it's not about us for for, <laughs> for now uh, our like our startup is not so so big. We don't need uh, to have departments right now uh so we, of course we have uh, different different meetings for different uh parts uh, of work and we have uh, a regular meeting for uh co-founders so we, when we discuss uh, like our current tasks and uh, highlights of uh, each week but
3: yeah we don't have any <laughs> any departments not yet <laughs> There's something I'm thinking, like, the whole meeting. Uh, is it really helps or not of being, like, at the same time, psychologist and person who runs the startup? Because there's a stereotype that startup atmosphere is super, you know, oppressive, hustling. Everyone has to do extra. Everyone is stressed. Everyone's chaotic. And, like, uh, my impression of psychotherapists as people, as, you know... Something they show, they're like super calm, super welcoming, super like, well, it's okay. There is no problem. But as someone who, who expects to have deliverables from the people, I don't know. Is there any problems with it? Uh, maybe uh, we are still too naive, uh, but uh,
1: we are hoping that it's possible uh, to build a uh, Successful company and to save uh, uh, like human <laughs> human relationships and friendly relationships. I know that a, a, a lot of people think that it's not a good idea to mix like friend friendly relationships and business. I was a deputy director of a research institute and I uh, managed uh, around. 200 people in my organization Uh, I am still uh, head of uh, laboratory and uh, I would say that I could (laughs) find a balance between uh, friendly relationships and uh, caring uh, for people and uh, effective work so I hope that we will save this uh, in the future as well, maybe it will be more difficult when you have a really huge company, around one thousand people, when you don't know each other in person, than when you don't hire people in person. But still, I think yeah, I want to believe that it's possible to <laughs> to build such a
3: company. <laughs> we'll see. It's a very optimistic thought because I think work is like huge parts of our life, but it brings so much stress. And maybe I personally want to know more about how not to be in an asshole at work and how to maintain like this sort of, you know, like business, but also human parts of this uh, process. It's super interesting. Yeah, I think we. We just have to be consistent. Uh, uh,
1: it's really strange for me uh, uh, to build a company with a very tough, uh, <laughs> maybe toxic atmosphere. <laughs> Even not toxic, okay, but with tough and uh, only goal oriented uh, 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 company and uh, to make an app in the field of mental health. I think it's strange and people just want to trust us. I I, I wouldn't trust a company and a product if I knew that an owner is a asshole who who, uh, treats uh, the employee
3: bad. Please keep us updated on this situation because I would totally follow some sort of social media show uh, or podcast or anything like how do we try to build a startup and be nice people to each other in the same time. We have this question, also kind of philosophical one uh, to every of our guests. Uh, If our listeners could take the, the only one most important message from you today, what would it be?
1: I would say, remember that even if right now you're going through hard times, through tough times, or not coping with something, it's not forever, and you are not alone. I think it's really important always remember that you are not alone. And, yeah, just seek support from friends, from professionals, from books, from favorite activities. And uh, don't be afraid of asking help. And take care of yourselves.
2: (laughs) Emma, do you have anything to say? Just don't forget to have fun when you can. Sorry, just maybe it's my personal motto. I, I do try to have fun, not to be serious. <laughs> you know, I am quite serious, but too serious. But but, but yeah, uh, when I can when I can relax, I I use this chance.
0: <laughs> it seems like uh, we have a motto for for the whole app and for this episode. Uh, remember, you're not alone, and don't forget to have fun. Don't be too serious. For any updates about Take Care, you can follow Emma and Natasha on Instagram. They will let everyone know when the episode is finally out and when the chatbot is out. We'll put the link for the Instagrams in the description. And please follow us too. And if you want to be a guest of our podcast, send us an email. We'll put the, put the email in the description as well. Thank you and bye.